0: Welcome to the Founder Haven podcast. I'm Sarah Miller. In my conversations with founders, we learn more about their journey into founderhood and how they navigated the tough stuff. So I'll just lay it out flat that I know you real well. <laughs> I know you really well. We've known each other. I was thinking about this this morning, Dr. Ty, that um,
1: we met in 2005. Yes, we did. That that sounds like a long time ago, but let's. It wasn't. It was just- <laughs>
0: okay we're now solidly far beyond grad school so that's when we met was in 2005 when we started graduate school mm-hmm. and um thank you for coming on and talking to me about this because i i was thinking of you just because i love career stories and i love hearing especially about women about these journeys that they've been on and you my dear friends have been on <laughs> such a journey And since I've known you for so long, I've had the privilege of watching this journey closer up, um, than many people. So before we get to all of that, though, I was wondering if you could just tell me a little bit about, uh, Black Girl Doctor, what you're doing.
1: Well, thank you for inviting me and to have this conversation. I'm excited to talk about careers and my career journey. And interestingly enough, like we met, you know, learning about career counseling and Coaching and it was
0: our first class. I
1: think so. I think, so. so. I think that was circle. Circle. a <laughs> full circle moment. I was thinking about grad school recently and remembered this book that we read that first year What Should I Do With My Life? and about how, how that is the perpetual question we're constantly asking ourselves. So, blah, 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 years later, <laughs> we're still here. Like, what, what are you doing with your life? What should you be doing with your life? So, very interesting. Um, but yeah, I started what the black girl doctor. What'd you say? I said, so what color is your parachute? <laughs> you remember the book well. <laughs> yes. Um, but yes, I started the black girl doctor in 2017. We are a virtual mental health practice and we're offering therapy and wellness coaching at the individual level. And then we do workplace wellness services for corporate clients. Uh, We staff just our experts, doctoral level mental health clinicians to do the work. And currently we have a team of 10 um, all psychologists and they all have specialty knowledge in supporting the unique experience of um, black women, um, professionals and high achievers as they navigate their careers and life and trying to find balance. Um, So that is us. We're kind of twofold. I always think of it as we want to support folks to live healthier better lives and not have barriers that block them from um, achieving the things they're supposed to achieve but also knowing that the environment is part of the thing that is a barrier and so it's really important that the business addresses both so we do individual we can help you where you're at now and then we go into the workplace and offer a wellness solutions so that it's a healthier environment so you don't end up being so burned out or needing this certain levels of support in the first place so prevention
0: Um, I love that. I love that. And I, I'm wondering if you could share a bit more about how you got to this point, because like I said, I've known you for a long time. And prior to 2017, you were in a very prestigious position. And before that had, I mean, had worked your way all the way up to that. And so I'm just, could you tell us a little bit about this journey to get to where you are now?
1: Yeah, so I probably had the job that was considered a dream job after graduate school and working just a little bit after graduate school, I ended up um, managing a you know, multi million dollar mental health grant for, you know, major organization, and it was so amazing. <laughs> so I got to go into the space, I got to research innovation and in mental health and build out services and programs and help, you know, organizations implement them. And I loved it. It was high stress. I was learning something new every day. Uh, I was taking kind of the, you know, when you go to school and you learn the, the core functions of your career, but then you go into a work environment and you have to like, run a business. You have to lead. you have to manage. <laughs> I don't know how to do those things. Uh, so I learned real fast uh, and was fortunate to have a lot of great mentorship and um, support doing that. Um, and again, it was amazing, high stress, high pressure, different every day, but I loved it. And then I just at some point, I realized, you know, I was spending so much time doing that. And I wasn't feeding into these other parts of me. And I was like, I think I want to do more clinical work. And I just want to get back into seeing people one on one because I kind of moved away from therapy and doing all program building management. And so I literally started the black girl doctor as a small private practice. I intended it just to be me seeing a few clients in the evenings um, throughout the week. And I actually had to scale back from what I was doing to even make space to be able to do that. And I tend to find, you know, folks that are amb- ambitious, and are, you know, pursuing, you know, exciting careers, you tend to get all absorbed, right. Okay. Um, so I intentionally scaled back so I could make space for private practice. And when I launched it, um, then demand for the work that I was doing, it just grew organically. So I, I got some great advice early on. Another um, clinician in private practice told me, if you're only gonna see a few clients, think back to you know the clients that had the greatest impact on you. Like, what do you feel like your purpose is here? What are you supposed to be doing with your talents? And build a practice around that. So every moment of that time you carved out feels really meaningful. And so I thought back to a lot of the, Black women graduate students, law students, MBA students I had worked with um, who I could see, like their futures were like incredible, right? Like, I'm like, oh, you're gonna be the next Oprah, you're gonna be the next Steve Jobs, you're gonna be the next, and they were just held back by all of the things, right? And so I loved the work of Freeing people from the things that hold them back so they can do what they're supposed to do. And that personally for me and my, you know, my community, the black community, I'm like, we need everybody to do what they're supposed to do. <laughs> so we can get where we're supposed to be as a community. And so I built a practice around that. I'm like, Hey, to all of the incredible, amazing black women who it looks like you have it all together, but like, really, there's you're, you know, you're holding, you're being held back from what you're supposed to do. Like, I want to talk to you and demand for that grew organically i started doing the work a few clients and just the interest and i'm thinking oh like i think this is a thing (laughs) right this is a thing and so i just I, i planted the seed that maybe maybe this is bigger than just me seeing you know three to five clients a week um so at um and then at one point i remember so I started learning how to grow a business, thinking about adding other clinicians to the practice, building out a model that this could actually have a much larger impact. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember at one point I was sitting in a meeting at my day job and folks were talking and debating something, something I'd normally be all up in the mix of. And I was just, I was sitting back and my mind was just someplace else. And somebody was like, Taisha, what do you think? And like I didn't say this out loud, but I was like, I don't care. That's what I thought in my mind. <laughs> I don't care. And I cared about the work that we were doing, but of course. I was like, I was just like, this isn't it. This isn't where I'm supposed to be. I am totally being called to be someplace else. And that was, I, it was a very clear moment. And I was just like, I gotta figure out how to make this work and, and how to like run, grow this business. And so I then was like, I need to figure it out. So I had to learn. So if I'm gonna leave a, a full-time, you know what a good job is to you know most people i need to figure and I, I needed my income and my family <laughs> i was going to figure out how to actually support myself off of the black girl doctor and so i went on that journey and that's how we got here
0: i absolutely love these moments when people talk about this like i mean not everybody has those like very clear moments of insight where they're like yes i have to go off in this other direction but i feel like there's a lot of people who do Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like I can remember when I decided to become a psychologist, because if you know, I was doing something else before. And I remember sitting on a park bench in downtown Chicago and I was like, I think I'm going to go get a PhD in in psychology. (laughs) And it was nuts, right? But you're like, nope, that's, that's the, and it was like this very clear, or I remember the day when I decided to become an entrepreneur, right? I just remember that day. And I love those moments where you're like, I, I, this is not where my heart's at. And it's not a matter of not caring about the work, but it's like, my heart is elsewhere. It has to go someplace else.
1: Yeah, and I think it's so interesting because I have never been a person who's had a lot of clarity on career direction. And I am the poster child for the person who has no idea what they want to do with their life, like all growing up through school people asking I said lots of things like I don't know I. want to be a journalist want to be a judge, I want to be and I I went to school, I did none of those things right. (laughs) I was just I started undergrad as a political science major and because my sister was that was my only that was literally my only reason, and it really impacted me and i felt like something was wrong with me that i didn't have a clear vision of what i was supposed to do because i think what i see on tv what i see in other people or the stories that are highlighted are people that are like yeah. i'm supposed to be a nurse I'm it's called. the instagram
0: it's version of career trajectory Is like i was born knowing to do this thing and there's certainly those people you're making me yeah. think of our good friend kayla yep and great i remember very distinctly being in vocational psychology with her and she's like i knew from the time i was i don't know very young that's she knew She I wanted to be a psychologist yeah. and I was like, wow, that is amazing yeah. to have that amount of clarity and good for her. There, there are some people that are lucky enough to have that, but so many people, yeah, it's the Instagram version, I think mm-hmm. of, of yeah, yeah, career.
1: I think it's yeah. about listening to like your next step. I think sometimes that becomes a little clearer, um, in terms of even then it wasn't, you're supposed to build the black girl doctor into like, vid, like what it is actually today. It was just you're so you're misaligned right like you're supposed to be doing this other thing go do go build your business that's still very vague but i knew what i wasn't supposed to be doing.
0: but then but if you could talk a little bit more about how you continue to operate when the end point is unknown because i think this is another place where people really get stuck right is they think i don't know i don't have the clear vision and therefore i don't know what steps to take and i think that's very hard could you could you talk a little bit about how you keep going just building when you don't actually know what the end structure
1: is yeah. supposed to really look like so i let me just start by saying it is terrifying <laughs> so i don't want to paint a picture that i somehow along the way got super comfortable with that level of ambiguity and just following something um because i still i'm still not right um, but i do think that um so I had a lot of fear in starting a business and deciding to be an entrepreneur and build something and like strike out on your own um, about stability and what I had, what my perception of stability was at that time. And it it paused me. So there was so it didn't go from I had the moment and then the next day I'm an entrepreneur. It was I had the moment. I need to figure this out because the, the the dissonance that I'm feeling is really strong now, right? And so I had to decide like, what is this fear that has stopped me from doing it? Because that was the clear moment, but it had been probably some time that I had some signs. I, I knew I probably should have been pursuing this. And even from that point on, it was probably um, at least another year and a half, maybe before I kind of fully like went into it. And a lot of that was literally me being held back by fear. And uh, because I'm a psychologist, I guess I decided, you know, I need to break this down because I can't make factual sense of the fear. And so I'm thinking, what is it that I'm afraid of, right? And really it's the stability. Like I'm not gonna have stability. That's what I was being told from other people. Why would you leave benefits? Why would you, you know, this is, you know, this is a good job. You don't know what's gonna happen on your own. How are you gonna have benefits? Benefits was a big thing um and i'm thinking i mean so so these are all the things that they're just floating in my mind like make, paralyzing me from moving forward and so i made a conscious decision to answer the questions right how am, what how am i going to make stability like, what is the answer <laughs> um, how am i going to have benefits find the answer so I, I literally started doing research into figuring things out because they're things i didn't know i didn't know any other entrepreneurs i didn't know um other business owners that i could model myself after it'd be okay but i knew lots of people start businesses and i'm like how do they have benefits i don't know let me figure it out though <laughs> because i can't just sit here with the unknown and so i really engage in a journey of answering the questions that are unknown just as best i can and that helped tremendously right and it was an Literally, it started with um, even increasing my financial literacy. It goes into um, getting a business coach to work with me one on one. Like, look, I don't. Does my financial model make sense? Like, I think it does, but I, I actually don't have other people to talk to about it. So, how about I pay for some help, right? <laughs> like, there's answers to a lot of the things that I think that paralyze a lot of us. Um, so, I was willing to invest in research to find answers so that it it took the edge off of some of the fear. Um, it didn't eliminate it, but it took the edge off and it allowed me to then act in the fear instead of letting it completely stop me.
0: Yep.
1: And, I, and I remember the day I put my two-week notice, boy, well, I'm sure I put more than a two-week notice in, but the day I put my notice in <laughs> that I was leaving my job, I had this intense panicky feelings. I knew, I was so clear. I had done so much. I had so many spreadsheets, I'm like the financial model makes sense. Like, <laughs> I'll be fine. I have this much leeway until I'm, you know, on the street. I was never going to be on the streets, but that's where the mind goes. That's where the mind
0: goes. Yes, thank you.
1: Worst case scenario, I'll stay with my mom. Like that really was my worst case scenario, but I realized that I think <laughs> your immediate catastrophizing is like if I don't if this doesn't work, then I'm going to ruin my sense of stability and I'm going to ruin all of the things I've disrupted and the people that choose to follow me, like I'm gonna ruin everybody's life, right? Um, And what I came to realize by looking at the facts is that so many things would have to go terribly wrong. Like I have to mess up really bad for me to ever get to that place and not have been able to course correct anywhere along the way. And that just wasn't my track record, right? Like the data doesn't line up like nothing. I can't prove, I can't in any logical sense, I cannot line up a, a scenario where the outcome is ruins it may not be what i think it is but what i'm imagining is not really where this is headed um you and therapized then yourself what'd you say you therapized yourself i therapized myself yeah, you did. <laughs> i've got a therapist but i therapized myself yes, you and then I still do I remember when I put my notice in, I sent this message, this email to my business coach and who is a very successful businesswoman, um, business owner. And I was just like, thank you so much for being an example. So she's a black woman business owner. Um, and we had worked together for probably six months. And the first thing she had said to me when she looked at all of my stuff is like, oh, you need to quit. <laughs> really funny. Um, but I sent her this, this email and I was just like, thank you so much for being an example. I was like, I needed to see you doing it. I, um, thank you for investing and believing and like even just paying attention to what I was doing and being able to like, to, I mean, I, I paid her, right. But like, it was immense. It's so much to have somebody that actually genuinely cares about what you're doing, look at what you're doing and kind of give you guidance and advice and just for doing it themselves. And I, I wrote this statement and I said, you know, this feels like I'm jumping off a cliff and I'm just hoping that there's something, there's some ground on the other side, but I really don't know. And like literally working with you has helped me like take that risk. Um, and it's huge. And I so when you said that initially, like how do you go out into the unknown? That's what came up for me is that that's exactly what it felt like every step of the way. Like I'm literally propelling into, I don't know what, um, but just because I don't know, doesn't mean something amazing isn't over there. That's amazing. <laughs>
0: and I think I think that that's such a powerful message to give that you, you acted in the fear, right? You kept going despite the fear, with the fear. You're taking with it. the fear along. Right. It's there, it's like, yes, and I, yes, but could you, could you also talk a little bit about how you do that? Because I think, I I mean, I know I run into this with my clients all the time. They're like, but I'm so afraid. And I'm like, you will always be afraid. And I said, we, we tell ourselves that there are these people in, in the world that are so magnificent and they have no fear and they go out and they do all these things. And I always tell them, I always give this really kind of silly example, which who knows if this is true, but I'm like, I I guarantee you that Barack Obama would go to the West Wing after a day of work and go to Michelle and be like, I I don't know what I'm doing. I don't I don't know what I'm doing. Yes. And she would probably be like, none of us know what we're doing. (laughs) Because you, you but he had to go forward anyway. He had to be unsure. He had to have doubt. He had to have fear and continue to show up and go and keep putting one foot in front of the other. But and I think people can hear that, but they don't understand what to do with that? What does it mean to go forward with fear? And so like, what does that mean to you to say, I acted in the fear? I went forward with the fear. Hello, friend. Hello, fear. Like what, how do you do
1: that? Yeah, I, it's so true what you're saying. And I think one thing that helps is as you continue to be in entrepreneurial spaces, you learn that just what you said, most people don't know what they're doing. <laughs> there is some romanticizing about what it means to be a CEO, what it means to own a business, what it means to be X, Y, and Z and have certain jobs that those people know what they're doing. Like to a level that is, it's a fantasy. It is a fantasy. Right? fantasy. And it's a true fantasy. And as I meet more people and I'm interacting with other businesses, I'm like, you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> it's like, you know, mostly, but it's mind blowing. <laughs> the CEO of this and you have this much more knowledge than I do in any given moment. (laughs) Um, But and I and I think that it is the point that one, it is me, like I'm I'm a very, I'm probably definitely on the type A side of the spectrum, right? (laughs) Like I like to plan, I like to have things lined up. Like what am I what are my next steps? I'm very, I'm very planful in what I do. I'm not a caution to the wind kind of person. Um, But the fear something it can it can trump all of that uh and so and for me what it means is i still do those things i still every time i'm making a big financial leap in the business i i I got spreadsheets i'm like okay if this will work out i can afford this this will happen and then the next day i'll wake up and i'll think i can't do it everything's gonna fail it's not right it's not right no no new data that's just (laughs) that's just the thought that comes and so for me i go back look at the spreadsheet again (laughs) go redo it again redo it again and i'm constantly i make i i challenge myself in those moments to prove it or shut up and ignore it and keep moving like that's literally what i tell myself um recently we've kind of taken a leap in our company in terms of hiring more people and expanding hiring some full-time people um there's a huge step for us you know a small business and putting people on salary those kind of things I've, I i do not know how many times I have recalculated and recalculated and recalculated and literally I'm sending offers and I'm like, oh, I gotta go to the spreadsheet one more time. <laughs> and, and so it's not always that intense, but it is sometimes where, and then I, I push myself, okay, it lines up. So I have to take the action. And so I do it nervous and, and then I let it, and then I let it play out. Right. And part of being an entrepreneur is um really really the journey is you're a fixer right and a problem solver and so i even tell my staff i don't have everything perfectly lined out but what i'm good at is one i'll be transparent and two i will find another solution right so that is what i also rest in like if this doesn't work then i'll figure something else out that's that's my job is to figure something else out um and so yeah
0: wow so for you, so for you personally, it's it's very data driven. Like the like I need to see the data, and the data is very <laughs> important
1: to me. Even if the data is like, or even sometimes having somebody like, um, it's been helpful also to have other entrepreneurs, business owners, or even just friends, people that know me well, to be motivating, and for me to um, be able to share what I'm feeling with them, and then for them to be like, Taisha, Dr. Ty, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> You're amazing and just kind of pump you up right and kind of remind you of what the, your reality is. Yeah. Um, it's also helped to join networking groups of people that I don't know that are outside of my space. Yeah. Um, also, people with, from different backgrounds, different cultures, it's been super helpful because a lot of the things that drive my fear and I think it drive a lot of people's fear are the patterns of things you learn growing up like right like whether you grew up in poverty there might be like money stuff if you grow up you know in um unstable relationships like family or familiar relationships like there could be a lot of trust and relationships and the way things will pan out you know issues I feel like our fears are driven by all the things we've learned about the world right and so when i and so when i'm in my space those people share a lot of the similar fears and so they feed into it. And so I have a lot of the stability stuff and a lot of the people in my own space, like my close network, they have the same stuff. And so they're also like, yeah, I don't know how you're going to find those benefits. I don't know this, you shouldn't leave this good job. (laughs) right?" And it's not a bad thing. They love me and they're trying to, they're giving me their best, the best advice and knowledge that they have. Um, but when I'm with when I expand my network, my network a bit, and I get to say those things in other spaces with people who have, people all, we all have fears, right? But they have different fears. And so they're able to hear things and they're like, why do you think that? And that just being confused or perplexed, like, why would you say that? And I'm like, um, because that, that's not, that's not normal. Like we just, <laughs> <laughs> everybody nah. helpful to see the contrast of like, what's my stuff and how it fits in other spaces. And I don't think we often get to do that.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think those early influences are just so important. Like if you're not raised by entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like I wasn't either, And I, right? And I think our families, colleagues, people that are that are employed by other institutions and organizations, I think entrepreneurs do look like crazy people sometimes. Yes. Right? Yeah. That, I mean, there's a lot of pressure um, sure. to maintain the status quo Right. And saying, stay employed. You have a good job. You have benefits. Why would you possibly leave this right? Stable, 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 stable. And if that was already
1: a value of yours, what are you doing? (laughs) What 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 are you doing? doing? (laughs) But yet still feeling this intense calling, knowing that you're supposed to be doing something else. Right? Yeah. Mm So, so your, your
0: value of stability has not changed.
1: No, I would like to be stable. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) But when I think about when I think about values, I I think about values a lot. It's like like a word cloud, right? These word clouds where it's like, oh, you're using this word a lot. or you are using this one a lot? And this one, you know, this one comes to the forefront and this one recedes a bit. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm hearing you, it sounds like, you know, in these in that moment, especially when you made that call, you were sitting in a meeting and you're like, I have to go this one. What exactly would you say the values were that were becoming more prominent, where stability was there, but like a little muted, a little more mm-hmm. muted. What were the values that you would say are really were pulling you?
1: Yeah, I would say being in alignment with purpose, right? Um, and what was very clear to me is that my purpose um, was, you know, is to be doing that work where i am as inspiring people to dream bigger do greater for themselves right and i had found this channel where i was able to do that and i was i i, I felt a pull to do it and i so much value alignment right and so when it becomes clear like this misalignment, this, you know, we talk about this in therapy all the time. Like misalignment causes tension; it can cause anxiety, cause depression. Like lots of bad things happen to you when you are not aligned with what you're supposed to be doing in your life. Um, and and so I think that is what kind of pulled the stability question or value back, um, but also made me it made me question it, right? Because it is what am I defining operationally stability to be? Um, and is that really what it is? Because I still value stability. I still like have some stability in my life, right? Um, but I had been taught that it was one thing and I started a process of re-educating myself. Like what is financial stability? Is this job that I'm in my best option? And what I decided was well, actually it wasn't, right? In the way that I thought it was. Yeah, that's beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: I love. I love when people get to that point where they start to really question not just what's important to them, but the definition of the things that they have valued in the past, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of times, <clears throat> again, I think we carry these values with us from childhood, right, the definitions that we come up with in our childhood or that are taught to us or that are handed to us from society. And it's like, yes, of course I value kindness. For an example. What does that mean? What does that mean? Does that, that mean does that I always tell me? the truth? Does it not mean I always tell the truth? Does it mean that I, Keep an employee forever who's not performing well does it mean helping them along their way like that one just comes up a lot i feel like um, and i think it these sorts of things especially um i, I think I, I think especially in being an entrepreneur and being a founder you are forced to question what these things mean even more not mm-hmm. to say that other people don't question them of course they do but it's a very unique sort of context where you're almost forced into this place of intellectual honesty right it's like i need to question all of this
1: yeah question everything because i think when you start when your values conflict you have to then break them down right like what what am i actually doing so am i i think with women things come up a lot um just about temperament and Mm -hmm. assertiveness and all of those things and it's like oh am i a b or am i actually standing up for what i believe in right am i or there's so many things and i think when you are when you're able to break things down and question it and the definitions um you can much easier easier easierly. it's not a word (laughs) you have an easier time (laughs) aligning yourself with the behavior that you're trying to execute on right um Mm -hmm. like it can be direct and assertive um and kind and it doesn't have to feel like a conflict right um and yeah i think what Yes, it gets pretty deep.
0: It does, it really, really does. Mm -hmm. Um, Piggybacking, 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 now we're both struggling with words. (laughs) Piggybacking onto that. um, How do you see being an entrepreneur as part of your identity? Or maybe I should even take a step back from that. And do you feel like being an entrepreneur has become a, a significant part of your identity?
1: you. That's a good, that's a good question you're asking, um, which is oddly enough, because psychologists did not fit for me for a very long time. Um, and I don't even know now if that I don't I don't I mean, I am <laughs> a licensed psychologist. Um, I am. By <laughs> that is an accurate description. Um, but that's not actually how I define myself in terms of my. Career identity. It's definitely an entrepreneur. And even, you know, founder, CEO, those are things that I do. Um, but entrepreneur is what is what fits. Um, and I didn't know that actually until probably within the last two years, I was doing an accelerator program. And um, one of the things that they talked about early on was just what is an entrepreneur. And I never realized I didn't, I never kind of dove deep into what that is. And I'm like, oh, that's what I am. So what, Uh, tell me, tell me what, yeah. Yeah, what, what, what stuck for me, right? Was really the idea that my, I am an ideas person, right? I see how things fit together and like to put puzzles together. Um, I can lead, build a team, execute on a vision um, and that it really isn't about always the exact thing I'm building, but that is in problem solve, right? Like I want to solve problems, all of those things, um, and help people. Right. I think probably how the psychology stuff got mixed in there somehow. I'm like, I like to help people. Right. But as an entrepreneur, I help people. Um, but that venue could change. Like I'm doing, I'm, I'm, you know, founder, I'm CEO of the black girl doctor right now in five years, maybe I'll be working on something else. Right. And it 10 years, maybe I'll be doing something else. But the constant being able to see the big picture and have vision and being able to execute on that in a way that um, that brings people together. And
0: um, that's a really great point about being an entrepreneur and how you take on that identity that you then are the startup. Right. Like you are the startup and there are many different places where you can be and where you can exist and where you can where you can build something right so you said like while we were having our you found something that resonated yeah. with you yeah. so,
1: <laughs> during our, yeah. our, our <laughs> yeah yeah i was you know thinking about you know talking about just what it means to be an entrepreneur right and it is you know being willing to take a chance on on something right and build something and when i i was learning kind of just about what an entrepreneur is by, you know, going through definitions. I, it finally sank in like, Oh, that's what I do. Those are my strengths. Those are the things that I'm good at that fits so well. And also reminded me that, you know, all of the other things that you have to do as a, as a founder, you know, all the admin stuff, basically everything in your business and why (laughs) I really am focused on, I think most startup founders, like you have to do the shift of being like, running your business versus actually being the CEO of your business. Um, um, But it made very clear what the strengths are. And I think for me anyways, those strengths felt undefined, right? So having vision and taking chance and risk, that doesn't feel like a skill um, when I'm trying to figure out what what do I do? Um, But reading some of these definitions and I was able to pull some up. um, So I wanna share, because I think these these are the things that really stuck out for me. Um, This first one is from Jordan uh, Flagel, who's the founder of CoachUp. And it says, entrepreneur is an unavoidable life calling pursued by those who are fortunate enough enough to take chances and are optimistic enough to believe in themselves, aware enough to see problems around them, stubborn enough to keep going, and bold enough to act again and again. Entrepreneurship is not something you do because you have an idea. It's about having the creativity to question, the strength to believe, and the courage to move. I love that so much. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like I'm going to need to put that on my wall. Right. Right. (laughs) And so just thinking about even what, webster's definition of entrepreneurship it is one who organizes manages and assumes the risk of a business or enterprise and like that's just kind of and i just never even as simple as enough looked up the definition of the word and i'm like yeah that's what i'm willing to do i'm willing to strategically smartly assume risk to build something that i have vision for and i could see myself doing that again and again and again
0: yeah yeah i think that's yeah i'm gonna have to get the first one especially just because i think that um when you when you have a job we tend to define ourselves in terms of the skills required to do that job right mm-hmm. and when you move into being a founder a ceo an entrepreneur it feels really amorphous it yes. feels really undefined mm-hmm. and really like i don't know what i'm supposed to be doing because every day is completely up to me you know i mean it's, right it's you know, i have to set my own schedule you have to figure out which direction to go nobody's telling you what to do and there's no task list you have to come up with the task list you know you have to develop the vision nobody has the vision for you um and it's on you to do all of those things and to have the faith in yourself that you can continue to go on that path right
1: identify that that is a skill
0: that is a skill and i think that i love that he put it into words because I think that's what we all so often lack. Mm-hmm. I yes. don't know the words, how to define what it is that I do. And I think humans naturally crave somebody tell me what I am. <laughs> please. I would like a box for me, please. <laughs> somebody tell me what it is that I do. What is my purpose? What is it that I'm building toward or whatever? And I think, yeah, that really eloquently put, put all of that into words.
1: Yeah. I mean, even think about. You know, especially when you're building something that hasn't quite taken its shape yet. So the Black O doctor didn't start as the Blacko doctor as it is today. We, you know, I was like, I'm gonna do this thing, and then it it morphed into where we are today. Um, and I think it probably will continue to to morph a little bit. Um, but trying to even just explain to somebody else what you're doing it's so much, do you have three hours for me to tell you what I'm doing? Otherwise they wanna, you know, people want a one word answer or a two sentence answer. And I think for me anyways, it kind of sometimes left me feeling like I didn't know what I was doing. It was very, it felt very ambiguous and vague. And I think it felt that way to other people as well. Um, But the more I get comfortable with saying what it is that I do, then um, I mean, it's more about like my confidence and my ability to like be very clear. Um, but I think that maybe other people understand and maybe it inspires other people to take that journey because they realize it is a thing. Like just having, being able to execute on vision and do that like really is a thing. It really is a thing. It really is a thing. Mm-hmm. That was marvelous. <laughs> Thank
0: you so much for sharing all of that with me you're welcome who will be viewing this i think you gave so many insights into what it's like to to have fear to keep how to respond to that fear how you keep moving forward along with the fear taking it along for the ride right and that how to operate i think those are some of the biggest messages you gave which is also how to operate in ambiguity I can remember when we were in graduate school and we talked about like sitting with ambiguity. Do you remember this? And we were like, we're just gonna roll around in it. So we're just gonna, you know, like, and just be in the unknown. And I think um, that is just the biggest challenge, I think. For humans, for humans, nobody likes the human, the human mind does not like the unknown. We want to impose structure and order and stability. And we want all of those things that feel very comfortable to us and so to be able but in order to push yourself to grow something really amazing to push yourself to new limits you have to be able to go
1: along with that fear to act in the fear Mm -hmm. you do you do and yeah being in ambiguity is something i will continue to work through right um but it is something that it is is something that it it manifests into how can you bring something to fruition? How do you manifest something that you aren't willing to sit in the ambiguity to see come to pass, right? Like you're most of us are dreaming for something that is beyond our current comprehension. And so to be able to do that, you have to sit in the uncertainty of what that might look like. Right. And so it's almost like it's a requirement to get to this other side. Um, and when I remind myself of that, it's you know it's it's helpful. It lets you move. It helps it helps to take the steps. Yeah, right. It's helpful. It's not it's not doesn't take the fear away, but it helps. Yeah. It helps a lot. Wonderful.
0: Yeah. Thank
1: you so much, Tasha
0: for doing this. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you're so busy, um, but this has
1: been so great. Hey, thanks for inviting me. This was nice. This was a good conversation. Hey. Um, good time at the end of the year to reflect on all of this. It is, it is it's the perfect time.